Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Erin Fraser. And I'm Matt Bowes. In this episode, the women are out for blood as we discuss three revenge thrillers. First up, Madhuri Dixit leads a group of pink-clad women against a corrupt politician played by Juhi Chalwa in 2014's Gulab Gang, directed by Sumik Sen. Then A.R. Marugadas casts Sinakshi Sinha as a highly capable college student who finds herself at the center of a would-be police encounter in 2016's Akira. Finally, when the courts fail her, Sri Devi sets out on her own to avenge the violent assault of her stepdaughter in Ravi Udiawar's Mom from 2017. Before we begin, we'd like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. We also need to give a heads up that I'm sure as people are guessing based on uh, what we've already said about the content of these films, <laughs> yeah. uh, that that these films deal with uh, some serious subject matter at times, especially Mom, uh, which is a rape revenge film and does deal with uh, sexual assault. It uh, sure does. So we will be discussing um, that issue and, you know, kind of societal problem. Yeah. Uh, Wouldn't you know it? Things aren't great for ladies sometimes. Yes. Were you aware? I was aware, but before we get to that, guess what, Matt? What? We have a new review. Oh, boy. We actually have two new reviews, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, as we want to stretch things out, and I'm not entirely certain that we'll get another review before our next episode, we're going to read one now and one at the top of our next episode. And then hopefully, sure. when, for our Maybe there'll be another that, one after that. Yeah. another one. Uh, so this review... I can read it. Okay. So this review is from Apple Podcasts in the U.S. And is Lillian Mir. Bollywood Movie Masters. Five stars. Thank you. I've been watching Bollywood for about half my life, but I have been in a rut for a little while now. After listening to about half of your podcast episodes, I now have a long list of movies I will watch and have started watching ones I hadn't seen since listening to you guys. You're always informative and well-versed about all the material you talk about. (laughs) Of course, thank you. We try. We try, yeah. And cover a wide range of genres that I never knew about within Bollywood. Since I've been listening to you guys every day for over a month now, wow. We have that many episodes, I guess. (laughs) That's crazy. She's Uh, not sick of us yet. Yeah. Imagine if she met us in real life. Uh, I almost feel like I know you, so hi. 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 (laughs) Uh, thank you for helping me fall in love with Bollywood Aww. again. You're welcome. And who's that from? That's Lillian Muir. Well, thank you. Uh, that means a lot. We we love Bollywood, and that's that's the goal sweet. of the show. To I, yeah, I'm glad to share you're... our love. Hopefully, other people who love Bollywood listen, and hopefully, people fall in love with Bollywood or rekindle their interest. Yes. Uh, so, I've been wanting to do this episode for a while, mm-hmm. partly because. Of the angry young man trope that's so prevalent in Bollywood, and that especially I in the seventies, yeah, yeah. I ask you, what do men have to be angry about these days? Not a lot, you know, and especially things after, are generally going good, especially if you're a white male living in the West. I mean, that's it's about as good as it gets. Fair enough, uh, but especially after Kabir Singh, who you know might be the angriest of men, I was just like, I'm sick. Of angry men. Because, like, you don't need to worry about getting paid less. Nope. You don't need to worry about whether or not, you know, you live in a culture where you can, you know, receive an education. 
Mm-hmm. You don't need to worry about uh, all the things that people are going to call you when you walk down the street to go to the groceries. True. Or if that man at the end of the block is going to attack you. Yeah. Like men really, I don't think, have that much to be angry about these days. It's like uh, John Scalzi said, sci-fi author, uh, being a white male who isn't gay and is not disabled is like the easy mode mm-hmm. of life. The ladies, ladies be angry. And we have a lot to be angry about. More and more every day, it seems like. And so I really wanted to do a movie about angry women, about women, uh, you know, who just, who've had enough hmm. and who who snap and who kind of want to, to take things back for themselves, you know, mm-hmm. get get revenge. But I didn't want us to limit ourselves to, you know, young women. Sure. You know, like the angry young man trope. I didn't want to just have angry, angry young women. Because older women have things to be angry about, too. <laughs> Probably more stuff. Uh, so I'm excited that uh, two of the three films that we're going to talk about in this episode uh, feature women of a certain age. Um, and I, I think there's... And the other one's almost incomprehensible. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, it's providing a bit of balance. Sure, yeah. That's what it's doing. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for this topic. I think, I think this should be interesting. Well, let's get into it. Sure. What's our first film? So, the first one, chronologically, mm-hmm. was Gulab Gang, which came out in 2014. It was directed Rose Gang. Rose Gang? They all wear bright, brightly pink? colored pink saris. So, rose is in the color, I guess? Yeah, because Gulab. Yeah. Gulabo yeah. means rose. Uh, so it's directed by Sumik Sen, features Maduri Dixit, Chui Chala, Tanishta Chatterjee, and Priyanka Bose, and was loosely based on a real person, Sampat Paul Devi, and her Gulabi gang, but the director said it wasn't actually based on them, yeah. and then Devi tried to stop the release of the film. Yeah, she's, so, she said that the film would damage her reputation. She also did agree with a film being made about her life without her consent. I think that sounds a little familiar. But- I mean... I kind of see where she's coming from. Yeah, yeah, it, and I it's was not afraid. denigrating her, I don't think, but like you generally ask, yeah, or um, or make it more like generic so that you're not offending the person. Mm-hmm. And well, and when I say that sounds a little familiar, it's, it reminds me of Bandit Queen. Mm, yeah, yeah, which yeah. we we've talked about the issues around that film before, though we still haven't seen it. We'll see it someday. Um, so. Uh, wouldn't you know it? There's actually some martial arts in this movie. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, Maduri Diksha trained in them. She's like an action star in this movie. It's awesome. Yeah. Although it didn't do very well. No. Uh, but critics really liked Joey Chala's performance, and she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress at the Film for Awards. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, with it, within reason. Yes, yeah, deservedly it makes sense. so. Yeah. Uh, so the movie takes place in... Uh, it's rural kind of, India. It is rural. Kind of a village, I guess. Mm-hmm. And um, actually, the beginning of the movie shows Marjorie Dixit's character as a kid, mm-hmm. and she wants to go to school and learn, but her uh, her mother says no, and her father says no, mm-hmm. and so she takes to kind of secretively learning and teaching herself. And this is pretty frowned upon. So they actually bring in like a shaman guy to try and, you know stop whatever demon it is that wants her to keep learning Mm -hmm. and like they throw hot coals at her and stuff and she flips out and essentially we are led to assume 
like divorces her whole family and goes off to start a commune, like an ashram. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is within the first like five minutes of the movie, and I was actually pretty happy that we weren't seeing like a bio of how the Gulab Gang came to be. It was just better to have it there mm. and have them get into kind of an adventure. So I like mm-hmm. that. Um, but in the modern day, uh, we start off with a woman who is college educated, but her mother-in-law assumed that she would bring a lot. She would be bringing a lot more money into the family. Mm-hmm. And she gets beaten by it's her husband. Her dowry, right? Her, well, there's her dowry. dowry. There's her dowry, and also they just think like, "Well, what did you go to school for? You might as well right. try and make some money." Um, husband's an asshole. At one point, she says, and I don't think we see it, but um, she says that she had cigarettes put out on her, which is pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so she uh, begs to stay in the house, but no, gets kicked out. Um, so she tries to go jump off of a bridge and kill herself, but these two women wearing pink kind of uh, catch her eye and convince her not to. Yes. And they're members of the Gulab gang. And they bring her back to the ashram to meet Madhuri Dixit, who is now Madhuri Dixit, has grown up to be <laughs> Madhuri Dixit, and leads the, uh, leads the team. And they're basically, when they say gang, I think they kind of are. They're not really doing crimes, but they're more kind of a paramilitary force, I guess, because yeah. they kind of influence local politics, mm-hmm. and they're seen as, you know, important in the community, so much so that politicians try and court them. Yeah, they kind of feel like um, like vigilantes for social causes, and so kind of the first thing that we. What are those guys in New York called? Is it the Avenging Angels? Something like that. They would wear red berets oh, and right. patrol on the uh, on the subway. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Gulab Gang, I think, is probably a better idea. Well, one of the first kind of causes or campaigns that we see them take up is they kind of go and harass this guy who was supposed to provide electricity and you know they paid him for the electricity but he hasn't been providing the electricity well he he wants more money he yeah. wa- he's extorting he's people extorting for them. power and so they lock him in in his office and refuse to let him out and they lock him in there and they barricade all the windows mm-hmm. and they start a fire outside so that they essentially cook him in his office and then they sing and dance about how they're cooking <laughs> Yeah, they sing and dance about it. This guy's an asshole, (laughs) which is pretty good. (laughs) It's pretty good. Uh, And also one of the big roles that Madhuri Dixit has in running the Gulab Gang is that she's teaching everyone how to read and write. Yeah. Education is very important to her. And it's all girls, basically. There's one guy who is dating one of Madhuri Dixit's lieutenants, but he it looks like he runs the boat that Mm -hmm. goes into town. That's like his job. Um, but the the big story comes when the local, I guess he's probably an MP. Yeah, he's running for re-election, and he's running with uh, under Jui Chala's party. Mm-hmm. And he talks to the Gulab Gang, and basically he knows that if he mentions that if he can build a school for girls, Madhuri Dixit will be totally on board. Mm-hmm. So that's basically all she wants. So he says, yeah, if if you work with me and you're on my posters and stuff and help us canvas for votes, we'll build a girls' school. But this doesn't happen. and Because one of his lieutenants sexually assaults a girl in the village. Yeah. And 
with you know within reason the girl gang kind of flips out and they say no this isn't happening and they try and buy the girl's silence yeah the the politician guy mm-hmm. tries to uh, it's actually his son, as I recall, oh, who yeah. won't stop listening to uh, things on his iPod or something. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of a weird thing. He doesn't talk, He like, but he'll convince girls to listen to one of his earbuds. Yeah, he can apparently listen to music with his earphones underwater, which I thought was confusing and surprising. Yeah, he's doing the gully boy thing of sharing uh, mm. uh, earbuds, but with much worse purposes. Um, so this guy... As I recall, they catch him when he's kind of hanging out. He's supposed to be getting married soon, too. Um, but the Gulab gang cuts his ears off, mm-hmm. and he's mutilated, and he's supposed to be marrying into um, kind of an arrangement with Julie Child's people, too. Mm-hmm. So she finds out about this and realizes, oh, there's a power base here that's moving against me. She's higher up in the in the party than mm-hmm. the local guy. And she meets with uh, Mary Dury Dixit, um, and she says, what's the going rate for paying off a rape case these days? Like, third, three locks or something? And kind of laughs about it. Like, oh, yeah, I got to deal with this shit all the time. I'm, a, I'm the boss, you know? I deal with all kinds of things. And uh, dick shit is... That scene is hard to parse. It seems like she's almost kind of considering it for a while there. Uh, but then she thinks about what her comrades would think. Mm. And she says, no, I'm not doing this. Because they keep dangling the money for the school in front of her. Yeah, I mean, I think she's somewhat conflicted, but I don't think for a second you think that she's going to take the money. Well, the the movie kind of plays it up dramatically, and mm-hmm. you're wondering, okay, what's going to happen here? But what happens here is Madura Dixit decides to run for Julie Chow's office, and that's probably all I'll say for the rest of the movie, but it's kind of a cat-and-mouse game between the two of them for political office and other stuff that happens. And it's a ra- rather violent cat-and-mouse game. Because it's a Julie, really violent movie, Julie actually. Julie starts getting members of the Gulab gang murdered. Yeah. And and then Marjorie Dick shit, obviously, that makes her blood boil, and she wants revenge. She flips out. They, um, they get called in to deal with a truck full of grain mm-hmm. that is not being distributed to the people. Mm-hmm. And the Gulab gang all put on armor that like, kind of looks like macrame armor or something. It's, they made it themselves. And they have axes and sticks, and they attack this convoy. That's <laughs> it was, where it's pretty cool. the best action scenes is. And it's, just, it's, it's awesome to see a woman, an actress of Metaridiction's stature and, and age, uh, to be in the center of this action scene and she's beating guys up with a with a group of women you know hitting them so hard masala style that they flip in the air yeah it's it's solidarity at its finest i I love that scene and i love that this film is about um it's about a conflict between women yes Uh, i love that the antagonist is is played by julie chalva and it's another woman she's and so it does like like, evil in this she's doing a straight up like she's awful pancash tripathy or manoj bashpe like yeah gangster boss type character but she's so entertaining she's very entertaining she's she's eating up the scenery oh yeah and and you can see why her performance was one of them was praised you know you can Mm -hmm. see why that's the thing that people remember about this film. And that's what garnered a lot of um, positivity from, from the critics and, and awards nominations that followed. Uh, she's... Yeah, I love Joey Chalwa. Uh, I wish we saw her in more movies these days. You know, we just saw her in um, Ekladki, which she was also great in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's so... You know, we have to go back and watch 
some of her earlier stuff with uh you know when she was more of the you know kind of leading heroine yeah with uh with Shahrukh Khan but she just she balances uh kind of comedy with with drama just so well I, I think you see that both here um and in Ekladki like she's just she has such a such an understanding of how to balance tone in her performance. And she's mm-hmm. so entertaining to watch. Um, yeah, we got we have to see more of her stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I love I love that this movie it has so much to say about gender, but the central conflict isn't one based on gender. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's really progressive. Um, and that's also really that's really important, and that's what makes it kind of a stronger, richer film than you know maybe some of the other ones we'll discuss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought this was pretty good. Um, I thought that this is a weird complaint, but fonts. <laughs> so this has an opening title sequence. Where are after, you going with this? It's an opening title sequence after the uh, uh, part where Madura Dixit's a little kid, right? Right. And it's kind of a cool animated scene of women, you know, hiking up their skirts, picking up scythes, and, like, attacking people. Yeah. But it's using this, like, off-the-shelf Indiana Jones font that does the movie no favors. Like, it looks cheap. Mm. And, like, there's something to be said for good graphic design. You could have honestly just... Fair enough. You honestly could have had a different font and not had that animated scene, and I would have thought, like, this was a more classy production. Mm-hmm. That just looked like a weird flash animation, and it, it started off the movie on a wrong foot for me. I thought it was kind of cheap-looking. And it took a while, but I got back on the movie's light wavelength. Fair enough. And, I mean, I do think that, you know, that, that action scene that I really liked is... It's clearly kind of edited in a way where so that you don't see a lot of kind of the the impacts and and, you, mm-hmm. and, and so you can't tell where they're where it's they like a marvel stunt movie du- stunt doubles it's like a marvel movie where you can't actually tell who's getting punched or what's happening during yeah. the action scenes it's it's edited around so that you can use the same stunt doubles over and over again that kind of thing but that didn't that didn't bug me no that didn't bother me as much no it was the opening title thing that kind of put me off and it was a little little too long <laughs> but the music was really good and Drew Child is really good. Madura Dix is really good. And the two women who play her um, her um, right-hand women were really mm-hmm. good. I really liked uh, Divya Jagdal as uh, Mahi. Mm. She's got kind of like a military look to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's wearing kind of almost reminiscent of uh, a Gabar Singh type uh, military shirt with epaulets. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of like winds her sari through that rather than wearing it. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. And good luck. I always like when, you know, someone is the hothead. Mm. That's just a fun character generally. And she's got a great relationship with Priyanka Bose's character. Yeah, they have uh, like a sisterly like kind of... Uh, really strong pull. Yeah, they have like a sisterly uh, kind of brawling aspect to them that I liked. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just fun to see kind of how their little society works. Yeah, and I think one of the great things about Divya Jagdell's character is that she has a more kind of, you know, like you were talking about with the way she's she's costumed, she has a more androgynous look. Mm-hmm. And so I think you kind of assume that she must be like 
the a lesbian. lesbian. Yeah, yeah. And then she's not. I one hundred percent thought that, <laughs> but nope. yeah. But I like. I mean, she might still be queer. We don't. We don't know. She could be bi. Um, but I like that the film. The film, I think, kind of sets you up to read her one way, mm-hmm. and then kind of later on, it's revealed that like she's seeing a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who drives the boat. Yes, the boat guy. And I thought, well, I it, just thought that to me, she said, she does wink at him suggestively within like the first ten minutes. So, I kind of thought yeah, like, but you kind of forget about that as yeah, yeah. I just still really like that they they thought through kind of these women and who they were. Um, like you don't feel like they're stock characters. In no, way. like like that you do, that you see with other films about quote unquote gangs. And the one who. Uh, had the college education who leaves at the beginning. She actually kind of becomes a lieutenant as well yeah. and helps plan various operations and stuff. It's it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think it didn't do that well, though? Sexism. Sexism. Ageism. Ageism. I mean, I couldn't say, obviously, because we are watching these films from our vantage point here in Canada. And, like, way after they come out. Yeah. And, and yeah, obviously, this is this is years after this film came out. So, I, I, I would find it tough to speculate as to why it failed. But uh, my gut, my gut tells me ageism and sexism. You know, like movies about women tend to not do well. Mm-hmm. Um, movies about older women <laughs> really don't do well. They should have played up the action more. Maybe I don't know. It's got fun action in it. It is. Yeah, it is really fun action. And Madhuri Dixit, who we haven't talked enough about. Uh, She's she's giving it her all here. You know, she is such a physical performer. And, you know, she's one of the best dancers mm-hmm. to have ever graced the screen. And and she has like three or four dance sequences too. Oh, and they're great. And they're kind and, of like I think I said this when we were watching it. They're kind of like the Oompa Loompas because they're generally <laughs> teaching someone a lesson. Like, hey, yeah, give people electricity, or hey, don't rape people. <laughs> and then they sing a song about how that guy's an asshole afterwards. Yes. So yeah. So you're referring to kind of like how in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, after one of the kids like perishes, all the Loompa Loompas come out. They don't die. It's just like they get turned into a blueberry or stuck in a TV set forever. Yeah. Like, but it's like their what what their fatal flaw was, and then the Oompa Loompas sing about it. Do you think Madhuri Dixit is kind of like a Willy Wonka? Mm, (laughs) Where she's like. No, don't do that. But she really wants you to do it. So that she can <laughs> oh, no. then beat you up for it. Mm, maybe. I feel like she'd probably rather you just didn't do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's, it's uh, less work for her that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, songs are good. Dancing is good. Yeah. Acting and I, is good. I really like the, the the songs and the dance sequences here in this film. Because it's it's women coming together. You know, I think I think this film has a lot to say both about... The conflict and competition that women feel between one another, but also the possibility of um, of strength in numbers, of kind of you know of of strength with your girl gang, you mm-hmm. know. And I think often, you know, women are socialized to compete with one another, and and I think that's one of the ways you know that the patriarchy tries to keep women down. Mm. Um, but. When women come together and and work together towards a common goal, like killing people, 
you know, or, you know, getting Bad grain. people. Yeah, getting grain for the town or getting electricity or building a school, you know, like those are those are admirable things that you know that this group is accomplishing. You know, There's only are, like one good guy in the whole movie, it's the cop, which is odd. Uh, I guess the village headman, he's okay. But like yeah, it's really one of those movies where every single man is like out to get you. Yeah, sorry, I forgot about what happens with the boat guy. Yeah, spoiler alert, but boat guy's bad. Yeah, yeah, don't get um, too attached to boat guy. But you should watch this movie um, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it. It's worth watching. Uh, we got it out at the library. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but it, it would be worth a rental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I quite liked it. And I think just to see these two strong women on screen together and really like really enjoying they're really going for it yeah really enjoying kind of making biting comments you know back in uh in their younger years they were often pitted against each other uh you know by the media so to kind of see that on screen Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh it, it's just like they're having, I think, a lot of fun. Uh, I guess Tabu at one point was offered both of these roles, and she, she would have been good down. too. Yeah, I do love Tabu. She's maybe less amped. I think you wouldn't. She have... might. I, she would not have like the sort of like mustache twirling evil villain as Juichella. She's like more restrained. Yeah, but I then think she ends up doing Anta Dune, and she's great in villain. Well, yeah, I, I was I was gonna say I think you can see what she would have done with the role in uh, Drishim. Yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah, where she's a fantastic villain. Yeah, uh, but I like I like the kind of the meta angle of um, kind of the rival, the supposed rivalry that these two women had back in the day, and so mm-hmm. putting them on screen uh, in these in these two roles, I think is really it's really fun. Uh, the final action scene. That went to like that went mm-hmm. to badass places I wasn't entirely expecting. Yeah, and without a lot of time left, it was like, how are they going to end this movie? And then, oh, buddy, <laughs> it really, it really went for it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. So yeah, I liked it. I think if you want, uh, you know, a badass action movie with women, like, you know, that I think also has some important, you know social messages I think it's the best movie but it doesn't these... hit you over the head with like with those messages no it hits you over the head with a stick yeah. <laughs> so I think that this was the best movie of the three what about mm-hmm. you um I, I think there's one that I like just a little bit more okay um so you'll be able you to find out you probably guess which one it is because there's one we really didn't like yeah uh but uh to tide you over here is a song from Gulab Gang Gulabi Since we're focusing on women's stories in this episode of the podcast, we thought it would be a good idea to talk about an Alberta Podcast Network show that does the same. On Girl Tries Life, Victoria Smith interviews inspiring women to show that there are many different ways to live an incredible life. Hear tangible ways to achieve your goals and dreams. Recent episodes include Your Guide to a Better Sex Life with Sean Budram, Stressing Less About Politics, Entrepreneurship, Creativity, and Queen Bee with Amanda Busse, Stressless Mamas, Work, Wellness, and Impact with Kamal Minhas, 
and stress less about debt with, with Nicole Olson. For more information on Girl Tries Life, check out girltrieslife.com. And for more information on the Alberta Podcast Network, check out albertapodcastnetwork.com. In the latest episode of the Well Endowed Podcast, we hear from Lyndon Duncan, the longtime member of Parliament. Linda talks about growing up in the ravines, her call to environmental law, and how important it is to reach out and engage with your political representatives, whoever they may be. Little known fact, we record this podcast in Linda Duncan's Edmonton Strathcona riding. She's one of our heroes for her work with the environment and women's issues. You can find this episode and more at thewellendowedpodcast.com. So that was Gulabi from Gulab Gang. Our next film... <laughs> Our next film is Akira, not to be confused with the classic 1980s Japanese animated film, Akira. Yeah, I was thinking, like, this remake, I thought this was way, in, like, Taika Waititi was supposed to be attached to this one, all kinds of things. I was waiting for Sanakshi Sinna to join a motorcycle gang. She had limited psychic abilities. <laughs> yes. Uh, you and I are big fans of anime. Yeah. yeah, and specifically that one. I love that one. Yeah, I love that film, too. Uh, the first time I ever saw it, you and I were 17. I never get tired of hearing this story. <laughs> and we watched it I do. at your parents' place in the basement. And I was so disturbed and freaked out by the movie that I couldn't stop crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have grown to appreciate it. And this is the good one. Uh, 2016, Akira. <laughs> we weren't crying. We were just kind of bored. Yeah, but uh, you pointed out that you think that they use the same font. They 100% are trying to steal, you know, Valor from Akira, the 80s one, by having the same font on the poster. <laughs> it is 100% a ripoff. Uh, yeah, well, now i got to think of a font thing for mom now, because I found one for both the other yeah, ones. Yeah, you have so much, this is, you have so much font talk. It is my job. Uh, so, this film obviously... So this film obviously had kind of big shoes to fill. fill. Uh, but like Stealing we, the name from <laughs> the bigger Akira. But like we said, despite the name, uh, the movies really have absolutely nothing in common. I guess angry young people? Yeah. And an oppressive government? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you a know, secret a fu- psychic super soldier program? And a futuristic city. A futuristic city. No, uh, that's where it falls apart. Yeah, no. No. Uh, so Akira came out in 2016, directed by A.R. Murugadas, uh, whose previous films we've, we've liked. He directed Gajini, which we really love. Great movie. Yeah. He's one of those guys that does his movies in Tamil and then does them in Hindi, right? Yes. And this is a remake of a Tamil film, though he did not direct the Tamil film. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's a remake of the 2011 film Munaguru by Santa Kumar. Uh, and from what I understand, I haven't seen that film. But from what I understand, Sanakshi Sinha's character, Akira, uh, and another big difference from Akira, like Akira is, is a girl. not the main, well, A is a girl, <laughs> and Akira is not the main character in Akira. <laughs> yeah, because it's supposed to be like a generic name, right? Yeah. It's like calling a movie Roy. Or John. Or John. Yeah. To heighten um, the, you know, freakiness. We but, should stop talking about that one. But it is much more interesting and better. I think we could, like, produce, you know, a two-hour-long podcast of you and I just talking about Akira. 
And people would love it. Let <laughs> yes. us know in the comments below if you want to hear about that. Yes, let us know if you want some side anime adventures. I've been watching um, a lot of anime lately. I'm good to go. Uh, we probably won't do that. But I did discover recently, because Shashahid was asking about this on Twitter, that like the Bollywood, Bollywood fandom and anime fandom does not overlap. So maybe all of our Akira jokes are like, people are like hitting that move forward 30 second button right now to move past our anime babble so another thing about anime <laughs> <laughs> okay so the tamil film as i was saying um uh the main character is a guy not a girl so in the not a huge surprise yeah in the adaptation in this remake they've uh gender uh flipped the role which is interesting sure uh, i mean honestly her being a woman has really nothing to do with the plot that's true especially when you think of how the issues that are that the film is dealing with it she gets institutionalized and stuff yes yeah but like a downtrodden guy could have had that happen too i mean it's not like the other two where it's intrinsically um tied to one's gender i don't know this I, one's a bit more generic and i think that's po- probably one of the reasons why i didn't like it as much well, I mean, I, did, I also didn't like the movie that much either, but I do think by um, making it a woman's story instead of a man's story that, that, you know, that you bring about a completely different gender dynamic. It sets up a power imbalance from the very beginning. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that much, but I don't think it did as much as the other two. Yeah. So it stars Sanakshi Sinha, Kankana Sensharma, and Yurik Kashyap. Best part of the movie. One of the reasons why I really wanted to finally watch this film was because I've never seen any Yurik Kashyap act before. His scenes were good. And also, wasn't he in Happy New Year? Oh, that's a cameo. This is an actual role. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he was, you're right. He was fantastic in Happy New Year. <laughs> what are you talking good. about? Um, As a dance uh, judge? Yep. Who yep. gets blackmailed using the hacking, <laughs> if I remember right? Yeah. Uh, and then Amit Saad is also in the film. So at the opening of the film, we see Akira as a young girl, you know, similar okay. to I was the wrong. Lab Gang. The first 10 minutes of this movie That's are very female. Said. Yes. I just the fir- said that the, the first, opening yes. brings about issues there. I know, I know. That but after that, with. though, then it kind of gets more generic. Okay. And I, actually, the opening part of this movie was pretty good, and I was curious to see if it would go down this path. Yes. It does not. Yes. Uh, so... The film opens, and Akira is a young girl. She's like 10. Yeah. And one day, she sees um, a, a woman in her village uh, hit... Well, a young girl, actually. Not not quite a woman. No, like she a was teenager, her age, yeah. Um, attacked with acid. Or vitriol, as the uh, uh, subtitle said. Yes. And and she sees how... And she's one of the people who, who sees this attack happen. And so when the cops come and, you know, ask who are the perpetrators, she points them out. And so that mm-hmm. kind of sets her up as, um, as you know... A truth teller, a hero type. Yeah, but also someone that, you know, these guys are going to want to get revenge on. Yes. And so her dad, who is deaf, mm-hmm. uh, teaches her how to fight and how to stick up for herself. So she kind of has some martial arts training. The deaf thing comes up literally once later. Yeah. And that's it. And that's another interesting strand of the movie that they just decided not to pick up yeah. on. And then when the guys who were, you know, perpetrated, the perpetrators of the acid attack, when they come after her, she's able to defend herself and... Uh, the acid falls on them instead. The guy's got a secret acid compartment in his uh, yeah. bike uh, chair, which 
if you go over a bump or something, wouldn't it melt your balls? Proof of thought. <laughs> As a result, she is essentially sent to juvie. Yeah, um, yeah. And so she kind of develops a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a bad rap. She's got a she's, chip on her shoulder. Yes. Yeah. So the film fast forwards years later. Her father has passed away. And her brother, uh, who lives in the city, uh, invites her and her mom to come stay with them so that she can go to a good college. Mm -hmm. Um, She reluctantly agrees to this, but she's insistent that at college she gets to live in the dorm and kind of not with her brother. Maybe she just got used to being in dormitories when she was in reform school. I don't know. Yeah. Or she just wants to be by herself. While at college, um, but I, she, I'm very excited to see if you remember all the ins and outs of this movie because this is kind of a buck wild plot. Well, she brings about the ire of kind of the popular kids, partly because she refuses to walk out of class one day. Also, the main girl, are, very attractive. I liked her a lot. <laughs> okay, when the he, main bad girl, yeah, so actually, in it, obviously, a delight. Everyone loves her, but yes. the but the bad girl in this was also very good. So she refuses to walk out of class to protest the uh, quality of the cafeteria food. Um, and as a result, yeah, the popular girls, the bad girl, whatever, who was, you know, rallying up the students for this protest. You wouldn't see uh, this in an American movie, hey? <laughs> Maybe nowadays, but like, like the cool bad girl is also like socially conscious or at least just wants to get out of class. Yeah. You're, you don't see that that much uh, over here. Yeah. But later on, when the police make false accusations against one of her teachers, she um, refuses to accept this and stands up against the cops. And so, at like a she, riot, like yeah. it's it's like a big protest that turns into a riot. So she shows that she kind of has um, a moral conscience, mm-hmm. and and she will do what's right. Meanwhile, else- someone is not doing what's right. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, elsewhere in the film, Anya Ketchup, who plays a cop, um, and who's like clearly a corrupt and terrible guy, one of the dirtiest cops. Yeah, one of the dirtiest cops we've seen in a Hindi film, which is saying something for a cinema that is very focused on the idea of all cops being bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's one of the worst. Uh, he comes across a car accident where a guy has died, and him and his cronies decide... He's not dead. He gets up, and oh, then Kashyap brains him with a wrench or something. So he makes sure he's he makes sure he's yeah. dead. And him and his cronies decide to steal a large sum of money that's in the trunk of the car. But wouldn't you know it, his mistress, who he is essentially blackmailing into sleeping with him... Uh, videotapes him and then talking about what I'm going to do with all that money yes yes because he's over at her place and she goes into another room and she's set up a hidden camera she then plans to blackmail him with that but before she can she goes to a cafe shows it to some of her friends and at the cafe someone from the college swipes it because there's been someone in the college uh, stealing people's belongings this is a crazy subplot by the way (laughs) Like so, that the fact person, that like they couldn't think of a better way than oh yeah, Steely the you know college stealer he 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 stole it. That person then does try and blackmail Anirai Kashyap, um, but through a series of events, uh, the video camera and a bunch of other stolen goods end up in Sanakshi Sinha's hands, and she gets framed for this and. And you're right, Kashyap and his cronies come after her. and To try and encounter kill her. To try and encounter and kill her. And she eventually ends up admitted to a mental institution. 
until finally... For beating up cops, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, this is part of her violent behavior past. It's resurging. We should put her in this institution so that she doesn't do this. And also, they're keeping her drugged up all the time. Yeah. And... And the police also, even the like non-corrupt police, have a vested interest in trying to cover up what's been going on. This is also when Kankana San Sharma shows up in the movie yes. and does literally nothing. She's Was she actually pregnant or was she wearing like a pregnant suit, do you think? I don't think she's I think she's wearing a pregnancy, like a, a fake belly. And this is after Kahani, I yes, think. Yes, you kept thinking there was going to be a Kahani reveal with the, with the pregnancy. Well, I, I thought there would be some reason why she's pregnant apart from, I don't know motherhood <laughs> i don't know yeah it didn't amount to anything she's a good cop who starts investigating the supposed suicide of anurag kashyap's uh mistress i think that's a pretty decent plot summary you only had to come in a couple times to correct me yeah and then like a bunch more stuff happens uh she meets a trans uh, woman at the uh, institution and they break out and all this stuff yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. um this movie's dull it is very dull it's way too long um, it's, it's way too convoluted. One of the problems that I think Sinakshi Sinha has is that she's often told to be quiet and in this movie menacing, but in other movies demure. Mm. And that works in Lutera. It's gr- she's fantastic in Lutera. Because eventually she does like flip out and get mad at Ranveer Singh and like she's... Mm-hmm. But, like, she's, like, a slow boil the whole time in that one. Mm-hmm. And she's in love with him. It works. Uh, she's decent in, uh, I think it was Force 2. Is it either Force 2 or Force 1 where she's Force a... Force 2. Where she's, like, a lady cop slash secret agent or something. Yeah, she can clearly do action. Yeah, she's good at the action. But when she's playing someone who is not mute but might as well be and doesn't have any connection to anyone around her... Mm-hmm. I wonder why I'm watching the movie because it's just boring to see like a really resolute and stern person just not talk to anybody or do anything. Mm-hmm. She punches people a lot and that was cool, but it wasn't like it wasn't a performance that I would felt that she was connected to anyone else in the room. Yeah, I had a really hard time getting on this film's wavelength and by the time it gets to the mental institution stuff, which I just found so offensive, I I kind of gave up. <laughs> I gave up. It was it was not the it was not the most um, even-handed depiction of mental illness. Let's no, say. and and the plot like the plot machinations to get there just felt so convoluted. Yes, like, it's actually an extremely complicated plot. And, and it doesn't need to be. And I really, you know, I hate to say this, I started to just kind of um, wait for the Anurag Kashyap scenes. He was good. I would watch a movie that was basically Anurag Kashyap, Bad Lieutenant. That would be fun. I think he's having so much fun as a corrupt cop. Yeah. Like, he's he's having a lot of fun. He's doing rails. He's, he's smoking really, weed all the time. He's drunk driving. Yeah, he's just like, like letting loose and chewing the scenery and just like... Uh, and he he goes, you know, like, so actually said his performance feels so kind of tampered, like... Tamped down, yeah. Tamped down, thank you. Yeah. Um, and he's just going kind of off the rails, and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> but never to the point of kind of, like, over-the-top caricature. He keeps it... He he's keeps not it a really Sonu suit in uh, uh, Happy New Year, for yeah. instance. 
so yeah, I really, I really wanted to like this film, but it just, you know, and 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 the cast to me kind of really signaled something, um, you know, that that maybe because I, I hadn't really heard good things about this, but I still just kind of thought like with this cast. I mean, the font is really good, and with Murgadas as director, like it I, is no Gagini. No, I was like, there's got to be something here, and it. Yeah. But it does share the overly complicated plot of. Like a Gagini, mm-hmm. right? Like, but I do think it's gender politics um, are interesting, and I think it is important that she's a that she's a woman. So again, for the beginning part, yeah. And well, if it was about getting vict- getting justice for acid victims, that would have been a much better movie. Yeah. So you have the acid that was interesting, stuff, and then you also have the way that um, Anya Kashyap's um, manipulates his mistress because he's essentially blackmailing her. That's like ten minutes of the movie, though. Yeah, but it still adds to. It was interesting, I guess. You yeah. know, and then um, I think you have the dynamics between the girls in the dormitory and the kind of bullying. What's another that thing Sinashi that gets dropped Smith after ten minutes? Is though. dealing with there, um, and then I think it, you know it's it's also interesting that Kankana San Sharma is you know no it's a not interesting cop. no it is not interesting that Kankana San Sharma is a pregnant cop because it amounts to nothing she's not giving anything I think she's sleepwalking through scenes she just shows up <laughs> and like looks at some evidence and, and like, to be fair we really like Kankana San Sharma I love Kankana San Sharma she can be a great like kind of Spitfire character or really menacing or all kinds of things in this she's just there yeah and she's phoning it in 100 Mm percent but i just yeah like i point out all these things because they were all pointing to larger to a larger conversation about gender i say it does have the trappings of something like that but it doesn't actually do anything it doesn't actually do anything well in the way that also the cops underestimate her because she's a woman versus like when they could do that that, with like a poor guy or like a short guy when they go to do that encounter killing like because it's a couple other guys that she's with sure yeah yeah. So yeah. It, it, but yeah, they, you could have subbed in all kinds of things for her being a woman there. Like, what did you think of the action? Because there's a good like fight scene. Fight scene's pretty good. There's a few good fight scenes. Sorry, I shouldn't say there's only one. There's a, there's a couple. I good did fight appreciate scenes. how crazy Grand Guignol the ending was. Yeah. It wasn't super bloody, but a lot more people died than you thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But then the absolute ending was stupid. <laughs> Um, it's not spoiling anything to say that uh, Sinekshi Sinha's character is kind of a suffering, penitent type person. Mm-hmm. And the way that this whole plot ends is just dumb. Yeah. Yeah, it was silly. Like, yeah. It's trying to keep a secret of everything that happened, but it was stupid. So pretty much just watch it if you want to see an interesting Andrew Cash performance. Yeah, fast forward to all his parts. And I would love to see a movie where he's just a bad cop the whole time. Uh, so that brings us to Mom. This one was good. I, I really... This is my favorite of the films. I really mm. like Mom. So this came out 2017, directed by Ravi Udiawar, star Sri Devi, Adnan Siddiqui, Nawazuddin Siddiqui, Akshay Khanna, and Sajal Ali. Um, now there's a cast. Mm-hmm. People given things to work with here, too. And like I said on Twitter, anytime Akshay Khanna is in a movie and wearing, like, if he's bald and he's got a nice polo on, you know you're in for a good time. Yeah. He's a very fashionable, like, striking person. And, you know, I liked him in Tall, but this one, um, Deshoom and mm-hmm. Itifak, as kind of playing a hard-bitten cop slash criminal, he's great. I, I, I forgot about your favorite. 
What race? Oh, and race. Well, he's not. He's not the same sort of character. <laughs> he's got in that. hair. But like his his latest movies, where he's just playing like a pulp character. Yeah. He's awesome in them. He's he's great in that pulpy atmosphere. That's true. Yeah. Just I could watch him be a detective or you know solving cases or doing crimes. It's mm-hmm. just great. Unfortunately, so yes, uh, Sri Devi's last movie, although she features in Zero briefly in a cameo. Mm-hmm. And this actually, oh, just opened in China, you said, and it's pulling in some dough. Yeah, so it's still raking in um, money at the box office because it just opened in China in June. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, as you mentioned, this is um, Sri Devi's last film. It's been a plan of ours um, for a long time to do an episode on Sri Devi because she is a huge fig- figure in not just the Bollywood film industry, but in, in the Indian film industry. But we haven't seen enough of her movies to be able to say anything. Yes. Really. I and mean, I've, li- I've liked all the movies I've seen, but I can't say I know anything about her. Yes. and She's so kind of mysterious. That was one of the reasons why, after her death, we kind of chose to put that episode on the back burner. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was it was such a tragedy. And and it affected a lot of people. And we, we didn't want to release an episode... Um, that wouldn't do justice to her legacy because, you know, as you mentioned, we haven't seen, we've seen a number of her films and we've seen more now than we had at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we didn't feel like we could do justice to her legacy. And also, I didn't want to benefit from this tragedy. And yes. I think you felt the same way. We didn't want to be opportunistic. So, yes. um, But her performance in this one was praised and there were two National Film, Fair Award, uh, National Film Awards Best Actress and Best Background Score for A.R. Rama. Do you know this person? Mm, rings a bell. I think I've seen his name somewhere, yeah. Yes. It was nominated for six Filmfare Awards. Um, so I'll take the reins on this one. Sure. There's an interesting family dynamic at the core of this movie, mm-hmm. which Akira didn't have. <laughs> so Sri Devi is married to a guy who has a daughter, She's married to Adnad Siddiqui, mm-hmm. and her daughter is Shajal Ali. Her stepdaughter. Her stepdaughter. And they have a difficult relationship. The, the stepdaughter has never gotten over her mother's death, mm-hmm. blames her, blames Sri Devi, basically, for ruining her life, even though she didn't. And it doesn't help that Sri Devi is a teacher at her school. She's a teacher at her school, which is awkward as well. But, hey, yeah. I lived that life. <laughs> yeah. They don't. You know, Sri Devi would very much like to have her be a daughter and, you know, enjoy her company. But, you know, Sajali's character is like, no, not interested. But she continues to treat her as if she is her daughter. Yeah, she seems like a nice mom. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tragedy strikes when Sajali goes to a party. A Valentine's Day party. Underage drinking. Mm-hmm. My old friend. Well, but isn't my old friend underage drinking? Remember we were going to put a Clone High reference in every episode? Yeah, we kind of dropped that off. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> underage drinking. Uh, anyway, we shouldn't really be laughing about that because it goes really badly. Yeah. Uh, after some underage drinking, uh, her her uh, stepdaughter is uh, attacked by four guys one of whom is a kid in her class where they had a small altercation the day before mm-hmm. where he sent, he sent her some porno or something uh, on her phone. This kid essentially thinks he's entitled to her. It's ridiculous. Yes. It's another Kabir Singh type guy yeah. or a Muna 
from Musipur, one of these guys who thinks, oh, Hoss mm-hmm. in School, obviously that's mine. Um, he does, he tries to pull this shit in the class with her, uh, you know, her stepmother, which mm-hmm. <laughs> shows a real lack of forethought. And Sridevi actually picks up his throne, the phone and throws it out the window. And Sridevi seems like a cool teacher because, like, she's teaching biology and she uses, like, photos of Salman Khan to explain what, a, yeah. like, what an abdomen here's what, is. <laughs> here's what abs are. So, yeah, she does seem like a fun teacher. Yeah. But, um... Uh, during the attack, uh, the guy tells the daughter, um, it's not exactly say hi to your mother for me, but I kept thinking that the whole time. It's something like, call, uh, your, mom. call your mom, yeah. But um, so that tips Sri Devi off to who did this, because they don't really have any evidence, and the daughter's just found kicked into a ditch, uh, clinging onto life. So Sri Devi, um, after going to the cops and getting nowhere, uh, well, there's a whole trial. There's a there's a trial. They figure it out. Yeah. But the lawyer that the boys hire and one security guard guy who works at this place where they mm-hmm. uh, were having the party, they get off. She, she does a video from her hospital bed. And then the lawyers pick it apart the whole time. Mm-hmm. And um, there was some kind of debate over the victim statement and how it's used in court. Mm-hmm. Um, so this enrages uh, Sri Devi and her husband. The husband actually gets uh, locked up for contempt of court after he flips out and punches one of the boys in the face. Uh, but Sri Devi finds a different way to get revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hires Nawazuddin Siddiqui in a delightful role as a really horrible haircutted uh, <laughs> private de- investigator who she find- she gets him to learn about these guys' lives and how to attack them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she does. She starts murdering them. Yes. <laughs> and it rules. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is... this. I find It's a rape-revenge movie where the main character is not reven- raped, but they are doing the revenge. And that's a little bit out of the ordinary. Well, it's it's interesting to kind of think of this film like compared to something like Death Wish. Mm-hmm. It is, um, like, it, it is, it is a lot like Death Wish, yes. Yes. Uh... Which is a... The original one. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't seen the new one. I have. Um, which is a 1980s uh, rape-revenge film where... Uh, oh, is it Charles Bronson? Charles Bronson. Uh, his wife and daughter are sexually assaulted. And uh, murdered, And I murdered. Think, yeah. And he then gets revenge Kills a bunch it. of gangsters. And had a whole franchise of various bad things happening to Charles Bronson yes. and the people around him and then many and people upset, in gangs are getting shot by Charles Bronson. And how upset men are by sexual assault. Yeah. Um, not that men shouldn't be upset about sexual assault because they could. They but should. they resort to violence when they're when their people are attacked. Yeah. And so, you know, like, unfortunately, I've seen many rape revenge films in my day. Um, they're not... They're it, not subtle. They're not subtle, but it's also... There's some surprising depth in them. Sometimes, like, when like, they're done well. Like The Virgin Spring, for instance. Have you seen The Virgin Spring? <laughs> no. Are you just trying to sound smart by bringing up Ingmar Bergman? Yes. Okay. Why? Well, you did it on your other podcast. You did it versus Last House on the Left, as I recall. I was not on that episode. Oh, okay. But I have seen The Virgin Spring. <laughs> and it's about a man whose uh, daughters are violated and he murders people. Uh, yes. Yes. While being sad. That's how you know it's a Bergman movie. And also it's in black and white. And also... <laughs> medieval times. Medieval times and kind of thinking like, what is murdering? <laughs> this is a good analysis of someone who's seen one Bergman film. Two. 
Oh, two and yeah. cats. Yeah. Um, I've seen like 30. Can anyways. you kill that which had no life? That's what I would say if I was in a Bergman movie. Anyways, um, yeah, Rapperfine films can be, they can be schlocky exploitation films. Um, or, you know, they can be things like Gaspar Noe's Irreversible. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, like any other genre, there is a wide range of films. Uh, and a wide range of quality. Tones, styles. Yeah. It, all kinds of things. It, but it's not it brings, it, It's not always exploitation, is what I wanted to say. No, it's not always exploitation. It's not always a thriller, they call her one eye, which is one I've seen. Yes. And own. Yes, and, and you've seen Miss 45. Miss 45 is probably the best one um, of any rape revenge movie. Neither of us have sat through I Spit on Your Grave, and I don't think I ever will. Don't need to. Um, but what I was going to say is that I think it's an interesting spin on the rape revenge film. So, I, you know, I will say, like, unlike a lot of other rape revenge films, you don't see the sexual assault. It happens off screen. You see the guys pick her up, take her in the car, and then throw her out and her kind of in the ditch. But you don't see the sexual assault itself. You don't. I guess compared to Delhi Crime, which we just watched, mm-hmm. this does kind of linger a bit more in that... You're watching the car from like a drone as it drives around, mm-hmm. whereas in Delhi Crime it was, you know, the two victims kind of waking up on the side of the road. Yeah, like I think it does linger because mm-hmm. you kind of imagine what's happening, right? Yeah. and you do see like I think you see her in the car for a bit, but then it pulls out. And then yeah, and then in the ditch. So I, I think it actually does kind of linger a bit more than you're remembering, though. Maybe. It's it's just up to your imagination. It's not, like, you're not seeing anything, but there's still horror there. Yeah, but it's done respectfully, I think. Yeah, I think so. There's, you, you could get around it by just not showing it or by being at a remove. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because most rape revenge films, either the person who kind of undertakes the revenge is the victim themselves... Uh, or a male friend, um, mm-hmm. whether it's her father or her boyfriend or whomever. And so this is what a... What was that one with Rithik Roshan? Kabil? Yes. Yeah. Kabil. Where was her husband? Right. Um, and so this, I think this is very interesting because it's it's a woman, but it's, Not even related. She well, would like to be more related, yeah. but they have a contentious relationship. And I was thinking, like, don't be such an asshole to your stepmom, but... Afterwards, it's like, oh, it actually, she wasn't like a paragon of virtue or something. She was kind of an asshole kid, but still, you know, her, well, she still needs to be avenged. And this, this film uses the rape revenge kind of conceit to ask larger questions um, or to interrogate what it means to be a mother um, and, and the role that mothers play in our, in our life. Because the, the daughter 100% blames her. Oh, yeah. Because the guy said, you know, call your mom. So she knew why this was happening, and she blames Sri Devi. And and the relationship between the mother and daughter, it's it's what's driving this film. Or the lack of a relationship, the wanting to have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I find that really interesting. And then also, I think it's really fun to watch Sri Devi get, like, murder these guys because she uses I forgot that she was a teacher it kind of makes a bit more sense well yeah and she kind of like she uses clever ways that are kind of within her wheelhouse yeah 
Um, she also enlists the help of, um, of of some transgendered women that she knows, which I think is... Yeah, they're starting a business, and she kind of uses them in a honey trap scenario yeah. to catch the uh, security guard guy. Who... Including the woman from uh, um, Kalakandi. Oh, nice. Yeah, Neri Singh is, I believe, her name. I'm just going to double-check that. I always appreciate a good emasculation, and I thought it was cool that... Uh, he passed out and hit his head on a drain and, and bled to death. It's like that was cool. I mean, I that that was the point I just realized. Like, oh yeah, this one's not f-ing around. The film really, really doesn't hold back. I mean, you're not seeing the emasculation. There isn't any blood, but most movies aren't even going to go that far. Yeah, it really doesn't hold back, but it never, it never does it in a way that I think feels exploitative or kind of. Uh, alienates you it's it's always kind of like it just shows enough or it just suggests enough so that you understand what's gone on and so you know like i overall i find it's done really respectfully so it has this you know this this larger that's pretty sleazy though statement well then that's what i was gonna say it's just it's like this is such a balancing act because it has this larger kind of statement about um, mother and daughter relationships. It has this theme of sexual violence running through it, you know, both with what happens to her daughter that instigates the revenge and then also the way she gets revenge on some of these guys. Also, it proves if you kill enough people, your stepdaughter will like you. And it, it also manages to be a really compelling, seedy, pulpy thriller. Yeah, I, I forgot to say, uh, actually, Kana is the cop who at first is investigating the rape. Yeah. And um, I was thinking, like, man, they should have had him in Delhi for uh, that one because he rounds them up in about <laughs> a day and a half is able to find yeah. everybody. Uh, but afterwards, he's investigating, well, who's killing all these guys? And they originally think it's her husband. Of course. But Because uh, they wouldn't suspect the mother. Of course. Nobody suspects the butterfly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, I don't know, I find this movie really compelling. Rewatching it, because I'd seen it before, um, just revealed more more layers for me. I think Sri Devi gives a really compelling performance. It's a weird movie to end on. Like, this was a real departure, and she's very good at it. Yeah, and she just, like, she It's not brings, what we would have expected, but... She brings such a, a quiet strength to this role, mm-hmm. um, as well as... As well as a really kind of vulner a vulnerability that you know, like so she's not, you know, she's not this kind of avenging angel. She's not Miss Forty Five. She's not blowing guys away. She's got to be sneakier. Yeah, and and so it's just I find I find it such a compelling performance, uh, and those those giant expressive eyes, mm-hmm. um, you know, where she can just project everything through. Uh, I, yeah, I think it's really it's really well done, and I, I'd put it on uh, a list of the best rape revenge films I've ever seen. I would put it on there, <laughs> and also, if you're a squeamish person, it is mostly suggested. Yeah. So, if, if you don't want to see... It is not irreversible. It's not irreversible. I wouldn't even say it's Miss 45. I mean, Miss no. 45 is way rougher. Yeah. Uh, it's not Thriller, they color one high, that's for sure. But does it have as good of a soundtrack as Miss 45? I don't think anything does, really. <laughs> Thriller had a good soundtrack, too. If you don't think you're the sort of person who would appreciate a Rape Revenge movie, like maybe think about this. Yeah. Yeah, I actually... Yeah, I agree. I think it's... It's a, weird to say that, like, it's a film genre I like, but there's some good movies that are made in that mode. 
I think it's a genre that, and I mean, like, it's a subgenre of revenge, right? But mm-hmm. I think, I think it's a genre that, by the very nature of its subject matter, it is extremely discussable, and it, it just and and people have such strong reactions, mm-hmm. and it is hard not to react. It's also weird to think about, like. Think of all the violence we see in other movies, but as soon as rape's on the table, then like you're more likely to believe more in vengeance, right? Which is, I think, one of the reasons why in a lot of lesser films, uh, violence against women and sexual violence, especially against women, is, is so... It's a crutch. Exactly. It's a crutch. It's cheap. It's a plot device. It's for titillation. And that's and that upsets me. Seventies movies happened if all the time. I I don't have an issue with sexual violence in my entertainment. All I want is that if you're going to portray or um, have sexual violence as a plot point in your film, you have to be willing to discuss it. You have to be willing to you can't just have a conversation. Off, yeah about it. It has to be there for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Here it is here for a purpose. Mm-hmm. It, it's, a, it's a driving force in the film. It's a driving force with um, Sri Devi's character. And it's also and not, a, man, it's not a man's honor at stake, too. No. Um, so it's a driving force with Sri Devi's character, her relationship with her stepdaughter. And also it doesn't shy away from showing the impact that the assault has on her stepdaughter. Yeah, she is basically mute again mute and like freaks out every time she sees Shri Devi because she's linked it together in her mind like that's why that happened Mm -hmm. so she has had lots and lots of mental trauma she hasn't you know shaken it off yeah and and it doesn't it doesn't shy away from from that aspect I I think I think it's really well done I think it's really respectful and you know, I, I do think it's fun to see these guys get their comeuppance. I'm not usually... Especially the muscle guy. That was the best one. Yeah. You were right. I'm not usually an eye for an eye kind of person, but this is a fantasy. You know, and, and within the the cinematic fantasy, yeah, I buy it and I I enjoyed it. And it has one hell of an ending. They go to this... um. It's a pretty cool ending, yeah. Yeah, they go to this chalet. Which is in, a half hour drive away from... Yeah. <laughs> In in the snow, and they just like they they get so much mileage out of that beautiful landscape and Street Devery's perfect hair, and people shooting guns at each other. Yeah, it's really it's really compelling. I really like it. I I I did quite enjoy Gulab Gang, but I think this one kind of has the advantage for me. I I like both those movies. I think I rated them both the same. I could go either way, but I they're both really good. Akira, you could skip it. Well, on that pleasant note, <laughs> uh, I think we've reached the end of this episode, Matt. Do we it. will be back in uh, two weeks with a new episode. This has been a, a, a topic that people have requested us discuss, and uh, we are more than happy to, to do it. Keep um, in mind, though, based on accessibility of films, we yes. can't get to all of your favorites. Yes, um, and I think we're going to be able to kind of stretch stretch this out into more than one episode. Uh, so we're going to be covering uh, Anil Kapoor, and we're going to start by covering uh, his three of his 80s films. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of Sri Devi, 
we can't see Mr. India. We've been looking for it everywhere for years. As soon as we can see Mr. India, we will do an episode on Mr. India. Yeah, remember, we watch all of our films legally. We do not want to promote piracy. Yes. Um, so we will be discussing Chamali, Kishadi, Michelle, and Tazab. Tazab I've been wanting to watch for months now. Yes. And I did hear that Perinda's now on Netflix. I did an episode a long time ago with uh, Shasha Heed on Perinda. It's one of my all-time favorite Bollywood movies. Um, maybe at some point we just got, should discuss it on this show. I'm not too sure. And the remake really sucked. Really sucked. <laughs> it was um, a amazingly wrong-headed remake. It was crazy bad. But yeah, I'm really I'm really excited. Perinda to, rules, though. I loved oh, it. so good. Um, I'm really excited to be talking about Anil Kapoor. I would happily watch Perinda again, too. I love Anil Kapoor. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. He's the champ. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can follow us on Twitter at BollywoodPod. I'm at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Ernie Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review and a star rating on Apple Podcasts. We Hopefully a good one. Read them on air, as we did in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, com, Facebook.com slash BollywoodIsForLovers. Yeah. And we also want to give a shout-out and a thanks to Becca Dalkey for her artwork. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's it. Um, so I hope you liked this episode. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>